Hello, welcome to the Weight Endurance Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Waite, sitting across the podcasting table with my lovely co-host, Kathy Waite. Hey, everybody. (laughs) We're taking you through our seasonal training methods and progressions to make you a fitter and faster rider. We are essentially coming up on summer. I mean, we're in the middle, almost middle of June, I think, already. Yeah, it's beautiful in Colorado. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. We're in, this is episode number 37 of our podcast, and today we want to talk about um, mid-season planning, because we are sort of in that Mm mid-season, although there hasn't really been a quote-unquote competitive season, I guess. There's been a nice riding season, but uh, we are or would have been, you know, mid-season. So talking about how to then plan for the second half of one's season, and then also talking about adjusting or coming up with the proper amount of training volume. Right. Um, and this is going to pertain a lot to our season salvation plan that we talked about in the last episode, mm-hmm. episode 36, and that's what we're going to be starting ourselves and with the We Devo riders and a lot of our adult athletes getting on the training program um, starting next week. But this, hopefully this information will be helpful for our listeners that aren't necessarily following a specific plan of ours because um, training volume is a big piece of the yeah, it is a big piece. It's very personal. It is. It's, it varies a lot based on who you are and your background and right stuff going on with your body. Yeah, and we're into summer, and it's you know everyone wants to ride more because it's longer or, days yeah, it's and gorgeous. it's warmer, and the weather's usually great. Um, so training volume is important. It's important to do enough, but it's also you don't want to do too much because mm-hmm. that can you know actually hinder you as well. So. Um, lots of good stuff to talk about. Um, but before we do, what have we been up to since the, the last episode here? We've just been... Yeah, just like life with the kids and getting them situated with their summer jobs and the summer routine. Um, just enjoying the weather immensely, being outside. I'm just loving the cool, cooler mornings, the warmer middays. So yeah, I'm happy. I thrive when it's summertime. <laughs> yeah, and we're in the midst ourselves of... A mid-season break. Um, yep. So we we decided to, the way ours worked out is we're doing, um, let's see, I think Tuesday was last ride. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So four days completely off the bike is what we planned. Yep, I think by Sunday true. we'll be ready for a short ride. Um, but four complete days away. Um, I did get one strength training and you got one or two strength training sessions in, I think, but yeah, I did. Um, I'm actually hoping to still do one tonight, so we'll see. Okay. We'll see how, if I have time. Yeah, yeah, and just nice and light. But the idea with the midseason break is to just take a step back. It's not necessarily that we're like I don't know sick of riding or something. It's you have to almost like force yourself. I know with the We Devo riders, more than half of them, it's like we've had to tell them like you are not allowed to ride your bike because they want to. (laughs) I do think, though, this time um, when you told them you could not ride for several days, they accepted it more because many of them are pretty shackle-blasted from the KOM and the QOM attempts they've been doing lately. Right, right. It was almost like they did like multiple races a week as they did these these fun challenges. And so I think for the first time... They you didn't, they were ready. yeah, they didn't really argue. They're like, okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do this, we could rest yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so what we did because there are no races because of the whole COVID thing here in the year 2020, um, 
yeah, we took the last, I don't know, 10 days, week and a half, mm-hmm. to almost two weeks of, as our races, quote unquote, hitting some Strava KOMs. And like you said, it, it is like, I mean, I did two two days or three, I feel like it was more like three days worth over eight days or something. So oh, it I is like. you did at least three days. It is like, yeah. like little mini races, you know, maximal efforts. Right, um, right. Sophia is exhausted, our daughter. Um, and I do not hear her say that very often. Right. Right. And she likes to be like cool and tough. And if I say I'm tired, she says she's not tired. If I say I'm <laughs> sore, she says she's not sore. Um, okay, Nate, don't tell her I'm talking about her. Um, but yeah, she's she's kind of exhausted. Yeah. And she should be. She like completely crushed it and, and got set some pretty cool new QOMs on some of the popular local challenges. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for most people, when you reach this like late spring, early summer time of the year, I mean, if you've been training since maybe as long ago as fall and doing a full like five six month kind of build up Mm -hmm. um that's a lot of focused training and of course there's been recovery weeks in there and even a week off we we gave our riders a week off um after the holidays after like that was a long time ago that was a long time ago and yeah and then quite often i mean in a normal year we would have been we would have had I don't even know, probably eight races under our belt already at this point. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's just when you hit this time of year, you got to take that break. And I usually tell people three days is the bare minimum, like completely off. Five is probably even better. And a full week would be the maximum. So seven days. So it depends on a person's schedule, how maybe tired they are, um, where their motivation level is and that sort of thing. Because the that break is so key. So when you, in, again, in a normal season, we would take these days off, recover, and then start rebuilding for kind of end of summer events. And if you want to have any kind of motivation and not to mention any legs left to produce power, <laughs> you have to take this break. or Because right. it seems like, and especially I see with the young writers, it's like they're so eager, so motivated. They're like, oh, I'm, I've, I'm fitter than I've ever been. I just want to keep training because I'm only going to keep getting fitter. And you have to sort of get through their head that like you can only get so fit within one training build or progression. Mm -hmm. And then if you were to keep training, you eventually hit a ceiling or a plateau and then you start to decline. And Right. You might get sick or injured. Yeah. Or you get sick and injured. You don't want to do that. Right. So I, th- I think you're right. I think they are catching up. Yeah, it, so. I think they got it a little bit better this time. <laughs> yeah, so we're in the midst of ours, um, our little break, and actually being quite busy because we're getting ready for a little um, road trip, summer we are vacation. road tripping it. Trip. There's yeah. no races, so we figured why not go visit some places that we haven't been before or in a long time, see some friends we haven't seen in a long time. Um, yeah. We're going to some... tour the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Um, gosh, I haven't been to... To most of the states we're going to, and I haven't like the ones I have been to, like Oregon. It was twenty five years ago. Okay. So, and none of them I went with you. So I'm very excited to. Yeah, I am too. I mean, explore this area. Yeah, we're gonna go up through Montana, which I've briefly been in um, many years ago. Doesn't really count. And then, um, Coeur d'Alene. Washington. Yeah, Coeur d'Alene, which I have been there before yeah. briefly. It, my, I literally was there nineteen years ago. So yeah. That was a long time, yeah. yeah. And then through Washington, hit see your friends near Seattle, which mm-hmm. I have been there. Uh, but again, that was only like a couple of days. And it was via airplane, so I didn't get to see a ton. And then 
down through Oregon, circle around, going through Bend, which I'm really excited mm-hmm. about because that's very much the hip cycling spot. And we're very hip, so we're yeah. going to fit right in. Yeah, so I wanted, that'll be fun. <laughs> and then back through Boise and then through Wyoming and back around. Yeah. So like, kind of like a big loop. So, And we're going to take that opportunity to pack up our bikes and get some, some of our aerobic base miles in to kind of rebuild. And it'll be fun because like new scenery and new routes always make the riding really extra motivating. Yeah, and friends have assumed we're taking our mountain bikes, but we're actually not. Right. It feels a little strange to leave those babies at home, but we're going to take our crosser or road bikes with gravel tires and explore via roads yeah. uh, through these areas. Yeah, I think that'll work well. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be good. I'm, I'll am i be honest, I'm a little bit nervous that I won't be able to keep up with you and Sophia in terms of volume, but that actually lends right to this conversation true. that we're each very different and I already know about myself that I cannot do the amount of miles, hours, days in a row that you and Sophia can do. Yeah. So we're going to have to kind of negotiate that and Mm -hmm. I have to be willing not to go on rides if I don't feel like my body can do it and I'll have books with me and the dog so I'll just have to sit out if I need to. Yeah. We'll have to be real strategic about that because actually all three of us have different levels of volume requirements capacity capacity yeah, yeah that's for sure you're like it's kind of like papa bear mama bear and baby bear but i'm the baby bear <laughs> right in the terms of volume yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so we'll talk more about that coming up here in the later in the show but um actually why did he want should we use that as the segue right into what we're uh, talking about? well i think you wanted to touch on uh, the seat the setting your event dates and working backwards? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the first bit, um, the mid-season planning. So when you get to mid-season, we already touched on this before, it's like the, the build-up to mid-season is, you, is always quite longer. So mm-hmm. typically we do five or six months of quote-unquote base training, kind of fall and winter, um, and then get into race prep and in a normal year racing in the spring. Um, and then you have your mid-season break. And then, but by then you're restarting in summer, and maybe the your next peak or your next string of events is also like later in summer or maybe in fall. So it's a shorter. You have usually, you know, two months is the minimum to kind of come down and rebuild for a, sort of a second peak or a second second half of a season. Um, but it could be three or even four months away, potentially. But it's more condensed than what you tackled over the winter. Exactly. That's the main point, is it's much more condensed in terms of time. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're building like a steeper progression Okay. compared to like the fall and winter build-up, the base builder. Um, So some, some, you know, how we go about it. This is how I go about it with our athletes and designing training programs for people is you figure out where is your next... So you're coming off of your A race or string of races. You're taking your mid-season break. Then you need to determine where is that next A race or where do you want to peak again next Mm -hmm. um, out further down in the calendar, so in that two- to four-month range. Then once you kind of have your events lined up and figured out where you want to peak, then it's about counting the number of weeks back to where we are now or, or where you're coming off of this rest week and take those number of weeks and what I like to do is divide those by three to figure out the three kind of buildups, the aerobic buildup, the aerobic threshold buildup, and the high intensity buildup, building back up to that right, peak. Right. Now, as a side note, 
you can, and we often do in a normal year, race within each of those periods. Um, and this, in the base season, there's often not as many races available, but you could race as you're building through your base builder. But often we don't because it's winter and there often aren't racing opportunities. But when we're rebuilding through the summer, there's often racing opportunities every weekend. So I don't recommend racing every weekend in a normal season as you're building through, but you can definitely plug some in and you're going to have very good fitness because you've built up all fall and winter and spring to this high level of fitness. You have rested, taken some time and Mm -hmm. quote, you know, lost some fitness, gained a lot of freshness and motivation for the second half of the season. So you can still very much jump into races in a normal year you know, during this rebuild right. towards the peak. You don't have so, to wait till you exactly. peak again. So you wouldn't, right. like, <laughs> if, you're, if your next big event or race is at the very end of August, like, we're tentatively planning for a season the rescheduled yeah. um, USA National Cross Country Championship Mountain Bike Race, then we count back. But it doesn't mean we won't race during the summer if they... The, Things open up. The right. gods allow us. Right, right, right. We will still race. Right. So... All that was said, yeah, that you can just race um, even while you're rebuilding in a normal season. Um, so you've figured out where you want to peak. You've count how many weeks you have to work with. Mm-hmm. And you've divided that by three to kind of give you your training blocks, aerobic, aerobic threshold, high intensity. Um, <clears throat> and So what, what if it doesn't divide by three perfectly? Okay, good question. What if it's 10 weeks, that does not divide by three. Okay, yeah, that is, a, <laughs> that is a great question. So, yeah, if it's, let's start with the simple one. It does divide by right. three, okay. okay? So let's say you have 12 weeks, and that's what we're working with with our season, season salvation plan. So you have your 12 weeks, you divide by three, that's four weeks per block, aerobic, aerobic threshold, high intensity. Now, if you only have, like you said, let's say 10 weeks, it's just going to sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> let's get it out. Oh okay. my goodness. First you. time I've sneezed on a podcast. <laughs> Bless Whew. you. Pardon me. Okay, so if you only have 10 weeks to work with, mm-hmm. then it gets a little bit trickier. So if really the way I would look at it is 10 is close to 9. So if you have 9 weeks to work with, that would be 3-week blocks, 3-3-week three, okay. three blocks. Now if you have that extra week, plug that in on the... Well, you kind of have some options. So... In general, the high-intensity block, so the third block of a build-up, often works the best if it's like three or four weeks long, maybe five weeks. Any more than five weeks, it's too much high-intensity. Yeah, you're frying your body. And you're kind of frying yourself, yeah. exactly. So in the case of if you have 10 weeks and you could do three weeks of each and you have this extra week, right? Well, you could. You yeah, it kind of depends on the person. I mean, you... You can kind of put it in wherever you think it would benefit you the most. So okay. if you know you're kind of a strong, high-intensity rider, then maybe you put that extra week at the early phase and build more of an aerobic base. But if, Or if you know you're already a really strong aerobic rider and the top end is maybe more of your weak, weakness, then you could plug in that fourth week of for a block in that high-intensity block. Okay. okay? Um, so there's a lot of flexibility there. Now, if you're, let's say you have a lot of time available, like maybe you have 16 weeks. Okay. Okay. Um, divide that. Well, then you have five, three, five week blocks in an extra week. Right. 
So what we just said is that high-intensity block really should be five weeks max. Right. And probably more like four. So figure four for high-intensity, and then let's say you have a couple yeah, of extra yeah, weeks. Yeah, a couple extra weeks. And yeah. just put them into the aerobic volume and aerobic threshold. Exactly. Okay. And I would always steer people more towards putting the extra time in that first block, the, the low aerobic, intensity. the low-intensity okay. block that, we'll, that you start out with that we'll be going into coming up here. Because... There's a lot less risk of kind of overdoing, overcooking yourself, like if you were doing the high intensity stuff. Um, you know, you could do it with the aerobic threshold block if you want. Um, although there is even still a risk of fatigue. I mean, I think about five weeks is a good spot for like aerobic threshold focus. Um, you know, three to five weeks again. Mm-hmm. So it's not too uncommon, I guess, to the high intensity block. Um, but the aerobic block you could do for for many weeks. Also, other strategies, if you do have an extended period, like four months to your next buildup, is it gives you extra room in there to plug in some extra recovery weeks as well. Mm-hmm. So you could do, you know, four solid weeks of aerobic training and then take a recovery week or something, you know, a really light week. Or if you know you have a summer vacation planned with your family and you know that's going to kind of take up a week, rather than trying to force riding in when you should be spending time <laughs> right. with your family you know, plan for that as a, as a bit of a break again. Um, you know, so there's some flexibility there. Yeah. Um, but in general, you basically, your build, it's sort of just a mini compressed version of like our base builder or that base training season, um, Mm -hmm. where you go like low intensity, you know, aerobic miles and that middle intensity aerobic threshold, and then finish it up with some high intensity. And you can go more of the first block. You can do moderate amounts of the middle block. And then the shortest block is usually that um, last high-intensity block. It's kind of some generalizations. Um, And then really, I mean, relating specifically to our season salvation plan that we talked about um, last episode, 36, and what we're going to be going into and what we hope our listeners want to join us in is it's going to be set up. It is 12 weeks long. So it divides perfectly. It's three, four-week blocks, and it's set up with, three, as written, three weeks of training, then more of a lighter recovery week, three weeks of training, a little lighter recovery week, and then three more weeks of training and a lighter recovery week. Okay, and then after that 12th week, is that's your big your big race? Then you're quote-unquote fit and ready to go. So gotcha. maybe that's your big race, or maybe your big race is like near, you know, nearing. Okay. Um, you could... Get even more specialized if, depending on the race um, or the event you're maybe riding for. This season's so weird because yeah, it's we possible there, there won't be. Yeah. Any. I mean, we're hoping, and we've been. There's been some dates alluded to for races, but really, we don't know till we get there. It seems like if anything's right. Actually... So really, it's some people are like, "What's the point?" But the point is, if you're listening to this podcast, you like to ride your bike, you like to be fit, you probably like to be outdoors. So you gotta follow a plan, or you're gonna be bored out of your mind, probably, or a little bit lost. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're doing, and hopefully we'll get to race yeah. at the end of the summer. Yeah, our goal with the plan is exactly that. Yeah, give people some structure, something to quote unquote do with their riding, so they don't don't get bored. And why not build fitness? I mean, even if there's no event to flex your muscles at, like you still build to a high level of fitness, and then you come down again, and then it'll be almost time to start base training again for 2021 and that's just what endurance training or any sport training really is about is building up fitness and then you have to come down a little bit and then you build fitness up maybe a little bit higher the next time and then come down a little bit and build fitness up so just repeating these patterns so 
um, I guess at the very least, it's like a practice year of training and building one's fitness. Yeah, it is. So setting training volume goals. Yeah, so this is a question I get a lot um, from people. And so I want to go through it all and hopefully give some good insights Mm -hmm. to people, whether if you're following a specific plan of ours, all of our training plans, including season salvation plan, but any of our base builders or um, any of our race prep plans, uh, have you have the ability to adjust the volume. So when I write these plans, it's kind of like a one size fits most kind of thing. Um, and in many cases, my plans actually have like a low volume and a high volume option. Um, but there's still people out there that want or need something in between that or maybe more than the high volume or whatever the situation is. And so being able to adjust one's volume is is useful. So hopefully we can shed some light on that. Um, So real quick, what is training volume? I mean, to put simply, it's, you know, how much you train and how much you ride your bike. Um, You know, the how much part can be minutes and hours. It can be miles. It can be training stress score, TSS. It can be... um, you know, there's other variables out there. Those are probably the three most common, most popular ones. Um, but it's essentially how much riding you're doing. And break that down a little further, it's a combination of your riding frequency and your riding duration. So frequency refers to how often you ride within, say, a week. You know, are you riding every single day? Are you riding six days a week? Are you riding five? Are you riding three? You know, what? that's how frequent you're riding. That is one big element of how much volume you, you are able to obtain. And then the other side of it is how long are each one of those rides, you know, the duration of each ride. So are, are they one-hour rides, two-hour rides, or are they five- and six-hour rides? And you combine the frequency and the duration, and you basically have your total volume. Um, So, you know, how much is enough? This is kind of a lot of the the questions I get a lot of times, like, how much is the right amount of volume for somebody to do? Yeah, that's so tough. It it is. And if someone were to email you that question, you would need to know a lot about that person. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. I Um, mean, I, I know our friend Ian asked you the other day, but you know him and you know what he's been doing, but, you know, it's just a little tricky. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things to account for. I mean, first and foremost, the experience, how many miles and how much volume has a rider done, you know, in the last few months, but also the last few years and over the course of a lifetime. Um, Because that'll, you know, dictate a lot of it. Um, Also, you know, how old is this person? You know, are they quite young and they need to be careful and build up slowly? Or are they, you know, 20 to 30 years old and can really handle a lot? Or are they... 40, 50, 60 years old and, you know, can't quite do as much. Um, you know, all those kinds of things play into fact factor. Um, and then also things like what is the rest of their life like? Mm, you know, most yeah, people, really yeah, most adults have jobs and families and things like that to deal with. You know, maybe a retired, you know, older writer that's retired doesn't have the job as much to worry about and, and the family's kind of grown up. So they have more time, but then they have to balance how sort of healthy they are and how much stress they can apply to themselves. Um, you know, those sorts of things. So there's a lot of factors there. Um, yeah, a lot of variables. Right, to consider. 
Um, so you, that's where really having a good coach or a mentor or someone who's very experienced that you ride with, a friend or whatever that can you know help you with that can really. And don't helpful. you think also just having tracked your writing over multiple years so you can look at the, the data? Because if, you know, if someone says, well, how much have you been writing? Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a great point. Yeah, I ride. I, I ride like three or four or five times a week. And you sort of forget what you've done. Yeah. And you start thinking maybe you do ride more than you actually have yeah. been writing. I've or, seen it go both ways. Yeah. Where someone thinks they write a ton, but then you really look at it and it's actually not that much. Right, right. And then oftentimes someone will ride, think they're writing sort of quote-unquote normal amounts, but they're actually writing because they're commuting to work or whatever, and, like, they're writing enormous amounts of volume. Right. And um, so, yeah, logging, that's one of the big things, I think, one big, like, valuable pieces of keeping a training log. I, it's key, I think. Is Yeah, really key. And I've, I've gone back and looked, too, like, like especially if I have a flare-up with my IT band slash knee on my left side. I'm like, well, what did I do differently over the past couple of weeks that, um, stand out versus maybe like a last year or the year before. And it's like, oh, well, I'm, oh, I, wow, I did more than I thought I did. I did 687 TSS and that was a really big week for me and I clearly yeah, yeah. need a break, you know? So just, it sometimes your mind doesn't really quite remember correctly. So it's good to have hard fact True. dates uh, or d- data points. Um, and you know, something else jumped out when you were talking about frequency yeah. versus duration. Do you find that some people handle frequency better, like maybe riding six, seven days a week, but they're shorter rides. And some people do better doing like three or four bigger rides a week. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think as a general rule of thumb, this is my personal opinion, frequency should come first. Okay. And that's one of the things I would steer people towards like in the aerobic base training block or you know, kind of what we're going in this first block of the season salvation plan is trying to ride as frequently as possible, like as many days per week. And if that means you have to, if you have, say, 10 hours a week to ride, and that means you're going to have to let go of like that one five-hour ride um, so you can spread out six, um, whatever that would be, one-and-a-half-hour to two-hour rides, Mm -hmm. I think that is the better place to start, is getting that frequency going. And then... For which reasons? Um... Because I think the body just responds better and it adapts more easily to regular, consistent training. And I mm-hmm. think that I would say that goes across like every modality, but mm-hmm. cycling as well. Um, and so you're able to kind of do small doses that the body then can recover from, adapt to, and mm-hmm. grow and, and build up from that point. As opposed to... If you if you were going to try to ride the same 10 hours and you did two five-hour rides in the week, it's like those two five-hour rides would be like a massive overload. And you, for that rider, they'd probably need a few days to recover. And then it's days off of training, recovering, and then maybe you get to ride again three days later or whatever. You know, that's kind of an extreme example. Yeah, but, no, but it makes uh, sense to me. And I, I think personally what I've experienced is that um, it's – my ligaments and joints feel like they're adapting better if I do more frequent Frequent. but shorter ones. And it takes me much longer to build up to even doing a longer ride. Yeah, yeah. And I I just think it's the safer way to go. It's the more... 
and yeah, the body just adapts to it. I mean, think of it almost as like from a diet perspective, is it better to eat one enormous meal each day right? and coast through the rest of the day? Or is it better to eat three or four or five like smaller meals over the course of the day and kind of yeah. dose it out, you know, keep things more even. So it's like for that, you're keeping your blood sugar and other things more stable by doing that. It's sort of ana- analogous of like, Keep yeah, your I, I like that, that stress, the the cortis the cortisol and all the stress hormones that might get shot way out of whack if you did some massive ride mm-hmm. two or three days a week versus six, you know, shorter to medium distance rides. Okay. Um, so I think that's a good step to get to. Now, if you're already at five or six or even seven days of riding a week, I'd call that good frequency. Um, mm-hmm. Then once you reach that point, it's about building up one or two rides a week, that duration. Okay. Okay. So someone who's riding four days a week right now, I would definitely say first focus on getting that frequency up to five days a week, six days a week. That's probably good enough, but there's nothing wrong with seven days a week of riding either. Um, But up to six days a week. Then once you got that six days a week, then start building up one or two of those rides gradually longer each week, like a midweek ride and a weekend ride or something like that. Um, And then... I think I'm repeating myself, but if you're already at six or seven days a week, then just focus on building those long rides gradually longer Okay. to build up that volume. Um, <clears throat> so, so we didn't get too far off track. Make sure. Well, we were going to give maybe more specific examples about um, how you would specifically guide our We Devo riders, and yourself and me, in terms of volume, because we're all at different places. Yeah, yeah, great point. So this this week, um, I've gone through and been updating all our WeDevo riders. So we have 11 WeDevo riders, junior mountain bikers, that are competing at a national level, um, <clears throat> and gone through. And basically, we have three, quote-unquote, levels of volume capabilities within our team. So I went through and created more or less the sort of low volume or standard volume Mm -hmm. plan, kind of a middle volume plan, and then a high volume plan. Because the different riders are at different levels. Some riders, in fact, one of our better, if, you know, one of our better riders is actually a relatively low volume rider. And we just have figured that out over a few years of like, this is how much stress he needs to have applied to his body to adapt to and get stronger. And he's one of our best riders. It's a great point. And you've had to encourage me with that same um, encouragement when I've gotten a little discouraged that, you know, you and Sophia could, you know, do that that 100-mile ride up to Fort Collins where I picked you up, and mm-hmm. I can't do it. But it doesn't mean I'm not um, a really solid racer. Right. I just can't handle... The heavier volume, and neither neither can that writer you're f- referring to, because I know who you mean without even saying his name, and he is a kick-ass racer. Right, and he just doesn't need to train as much as yeah. other riders. And then there's another rider on our team that actually needs to ride a ton in order to kind of gain the fitness that he's looking for, and he responds really well and is able to adapt really well to the higher volume of riding. So if I were to have him ride less volume he maybe wouldn't respond like it progress progresses as to as high of a level okay um so he needs more of that dose and then most of the riders are more in the in the middle there so um 
but so we had kind of these three different levels that we're, we're formulating. Um, myself personally, um, I mean, I consider myself more of a high volume writer just cause I've raced at high levels. Well, the history of all the, the miles you've, you've logged. Yeah. And so I know like I do, I usually, now I have noticed it's coming down a little bit as I'm getting older. I definitely okay. am noticing in the last year or two that I don't, my body just doesn't want to ride as much. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess I could say I can't ride as much and perform as it's high of a level. Um, but I'm also choosing not to ride as much because I also know that I don't need to ride as much. <laughs> it's kind of a tricky thing. but um, <laughs> Well, I know what you mean, especially because I live with you. And a couple years ago, uh, the first year, what was the first year you did Leadville? 2015, 15, I think. 15, yeah. You were putting in huge weeks, huge days, huge weeks, all summer long. Um, and then the last time you did Leadville, I don't think you were putting in those miles, and you did almost as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting to see the different um, strategy for training and, mm-hmm. and the outcome. Right. Yeah, and you're still as fast as ever. I mean, I'll just give you some bragging right this second that <laughs> you you got some KOMs yourself the last couple of weeks and yeah, the fitness crushed is there. some of the young, young lads. Yeah, and I'm riding significantly less volume than I have definitely relative to like 10 years ago and, and beyond. So, But even relative to the last few years, you yeah. know, less volume. So, so all this being said, more isn't necessarily better, but it also depends on where a person is in their stage of their development. Cause you know, definitely when you're a late teen and early twenties and you want to be the best possible rider you can, you do need to ride more. And, you know, someone who's newer to the sport can ramp up more quickly and work up to more, uh, volume at different rates and all those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of... Yeah, all that to say, like, we can't compare ourselves to other people. I think I say this almost every podcast, but it's because I live in a household with with you and Sophia, and you're, you're both amazing cyclists, and um, your bodies can do different things than mine can do, and sometimes it makes me feel inadequate, but it's not really true. It's just my body is different. So, right. you know, there's probably training buddies out there that are different, and it, just because one person can ride hundreds of miles every week and you don't respond well to that doesn't mean you're not as cool right absolutely <laughs> yeah i mean in some respects i am envious of the riders that can reach high levels of performance without having to ride high volume because it's oh, like yeah. oh, then you don't have to ride as much i know but in some I ways it's like, like you're lucky out but... on your adventures well yeah then when i was younger and i see this in our young weedevo riders that are really eager like i yeah i wanted to ride my bike all day every day and right. it was great and but now I'm where I'm at now it's like man if I don't have to ride as much that's that's kind of nice too <laughs> so you know everyone's different um and one thing I wanted to touch on too before we change topics is um volume so in general the as a very general statement the more you ride the bigger the volume the better you get Okay. Now there is a ceiling to that. There's a point where there's diminishing returns and everyone's level and ceiling is a little bit different. Like we said earlier, based on your experience, your age, all those sorts of things. Um, but the, not everyone has the luxury of being able to ride as much as they want. Like if they determine this is how much volume I need, let's say it's 20 hours a week, but they're like, well, I have a job and a family and all these things. And I only have 10 hours a week then it gets a little tricky to to work around that versus someone who if they have more 
flexibility in their schedule, they can do that. So that's where things can get um, a little bit tricky. You know, if someone is, say, stuck with 10 hours a week of training or whatever it is, you're not going to be able to build that training up um, from 10 to higher levels. So you have to be strategic in where you start the lower end of the training volume. So there is some some sort of volume progression. And then maybe you hit the end of that progression a little earlier and then you can get into the aerobic threshold or higher intensity training earlier because you need something to provide that extra stimulus from which you can improve from. Right, right, Does right. Does that make sense? So if we ride the same pace at the same 10 hours every week, you're only you're going to get so good and then there's no longer enough of like a stimulus to stimulate improvement. So um, that's where like these low volume athletes have to be a little bit smarter. And then that's where, you know, um, high intensity training kind of can gain popularity. People that are on like limited time schedules often will do better with doing a bit more high intensity training because they have to, they have less minutes in the week to work with. Right. So they have to kind of get a little bit more out of it. Yeah. Um, but all that being said, there's benefits to the aerobic training and being smart about how you program and build up your aerobic volume that you have to, able to work with in your life. Does that kind of make sense? Uh, it is to me, make... and, and I agree with you. Sometimes we forget people have to go sit in an office all day since we get to work from home. Right. Um, and don't want to be careless with our kind of drawing the picture of what it could look like. Yeah, and I kind of ran into this creating the back to our school-aged Wedevo riders, high school and college age. It's like we kind of have, I mean, a few of them have fairly heavy job loads, summer jobs. Um, some don't, so they have lots of free time. Mm -hmm. But then we we know that all of them come August 15th, 20th, or whatever, when schools start back up, their ability to have all this endless volume is going to shrink drastically. So we're going to make the most of the volume early on for them and and you know, it just brought that thought into my mind because I forget oftentimes too. It's like a lot of people only have 8 or 10 or 12 hours max that they have to work with. Right. Um, but I would want to go piggyback off or segue into the next section here of how you can best adjust your training volume uh, for your training plan. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. So speaking... I'm going to get a little more specific into the season salvation plan. So if you are going to join us with that, this will pertain um, very much to that, but it will also be useful, hopefully, if you're following your own plan or just planning your own kind of rebuild for the summer too. Um, but going speaking specifically of the season salvation plan, um, and I'm, I train mostly off of TSS um, because most of you and I and our the riders we coach have power meters, um, and with that you're getting not only the volume but also the intensity factored into that with the TSS score. Um, but there's also a volume or an hourly component, duration component to it as well. Um, but with the season, the season salvation plan that I created is what I would consider kind of a middle volume plan. It's okay. definitely not low volume, but it's also not high volume either. So we'll just call it kind of a middle volume plan. So looking at it, you're looking at um, the first week being around 10 hours, and then it gradually builds up to the third week, um, 
actually it was 10 and a half hours and then it builds up to 12 and a half hours. So it goes 10 and a half, 11 and a half, 12 and a half hours the first week of what we'd call like zone one, zone two, aerobic, low intensity, kind of base mile type riding. Um, from a TSS standpoint, you're looking at starting around 400 TSS to about 450, uh, or sorry, 440 to 480. Um, and then that fourth week is a recovery week where both the hours and the TSS come down. Um, so if someone was to join us on this training plan or any of our training plans or any plan out there, you know, the question that often comes up is, well, um, that's either too much or that's not enough. How do I adjust it? Okay. Um, so what I do, how, how I do this, so if someone was to basically come on board and, and pay for like the volume personalization that we're offering or, or how I would work with an individual athlete is I would look back at the last like three months, three to six months of your season thus far. So basically kind of from your base builder up to about now and see what your volume has been. So that goes back to what you said before about keeping a training log, mm -hmm. making sure you keep that up to speed because now this is where this becomes important to go look back and see what you actually achieved, whether it's hours or TSS. And figure out kind of what the average hourly TSS volume is. Figure out, identify what your highest ones, one or two were, um, what your lowest weeks were in terms of volume and get kind of an idea of where, what you've been capable of up to this point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now if you, if that was winter time or, you know, you just didn't have lots of riding time available and now you have some, then you know, you could do a little bit more than that. You know, um, I think the golden rule is kind of about a 10% improvement or increase, I should say. Um, in volume just to be safe. Week to week. Week to week, right. yeah, week to week. Or if you know like your biggest week, let's say you did a 800 TSS week, you know, a month ago as your biggest week, then it's safe to say you could work up to, say, a 880, because that's 10% more TSS volume week as your kind of highest week in this next build. Yeah, no, I think that's really smart because that's what we'll do for ourselves, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but like um, going into this aerobic volume month, like for me, you'll look back and see what I did a couple months ago when we hit this and say, oh, Kathy, your highest one was, I think it was like 700. Okay. So you'll know that I could probably peak at 700, 750-ish. Yeah, and around work, there. You'll work backwards for me. Yeah, so something as you look and find what the high was, so 700 in your case, is think about how did you feel during mm -hmm. that? Like, was that like so challenging and stressful and did something not feel good the next week? You know, did it create a problem? Or did you feel really good? Were you riding really strong? I mean, tired because it was a big week for you, but was it good? If the answer is yes, it was good, then yeah, then trying to sort of surpass that as a, a high week in this next build would be a good goal. But if someone said, well, I went to the 700 and... The next week, my knee was bugging me a little bit. Mm, good you know, point. Then maybe 700 is your max, or maybe you even shoot for 650, 650 yeah. TSS. Yeah, I. that's actually a really good point. I think maybe I did too much last time, and my knee was bugging me the next week. Right. So, so you, you kinda, and I will talk. Yeah, so you kind of have to look back, see what you achieved, but also have sort of that, um, what's the word, uh, where it's like, how did you feel? Um uh, <laughs> like the anecdotal part, the, yeah, the effective part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
anecdotally, how did you feel mm-hmm. um, with that training load that, that you achieved? Okay, so now once you have figured out what the high point is that you think you can effectively achieve um, in this next build, then that should be your peak. That's what you're shooting for um, in this plan. So at the end of this three to four weeks of the aerobic block, that's when you want to work up to hitting your highest um, lo- like volume week of the whole plan. Right. Okay. Um, so it happens fairly quickly. And we said before, this is a much quicker progression and ramp compared to the, uh, fall and winter base builder format. Cause now we're, we're stronger, we're more fit. We're starting much further ahead. And so we can ramp up more quickly. So <clears throat> I'm just going to use my examples cause they're fresh in my mind. I know for me, I'm going to build up to, um, a thousand TSS week is a very solid week for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can certainly do more, but I've found over the years that a thousand is like a really good week. That's enough, plenty of stimulus, but it's not going to send me over the limit of needing lots of recovery after it. So <clears throat> what I'm going to do is take the first four weeks of this aerobic plan. So it's starting next week. And then for four weeks, that fourth week is going to be my thousand TSS week. And I think that equates roughly out to, um, I should have pulled it up. I don't know, 20, two hours or something. So mm, big week of training. Okay. Yeah. And it's a big week. Um, then, uh, then I'm going to count backwards to week three, to week two, to mm-hmm. week one to set my loads. Cause I want to build up progressively to that thousand TSS week. So I know for me about 10% reduction. Um, cause I think that 10% works well for most people. So I'm going to go from week four as my highest at a thousand. I'm going to go back a week to week three and drop it down to 900. Uh, then I'm going to drop in another 100 to 800 in that second week. And then my first week back after uh, this midseason break is me 700 TSS. So I'm going to go 7, 8, 9, 10. Now, this is all very low-intensity riding, um, although a fair bit of it. Um, and then at the end, I actually, the way I have it planned out is at the that 1,000 TSS week is actually going to only be about five days of riding. So it's quite a few big rides right at the end. Ooh, mama. Yeah, that's And then I'm going to have three days to do next to nothing. I, I'll still ride, but it'll be recovery for three days. Like maybe you can ride to the coffee shop with me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee shop rides and, and definitely at least one, if not two rest days in there as okay. well. Because this is where it gets a little tricky. And we talked about this before the show. For me, I know I can do four weeks of good, solid build-up training, especially when it's low intensity like this. Some people, the classic model is three weeks of training, a week of recovery. The the next most popular model, especially for older masters athletes, is two weeks of training and one week of recovery. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of flexibility in there in one's training plan at this stage of the season. Um, that's a what we're calling base training, that low intensity aerobic training to add or subtract recovery kind of where you think you need it. Right. So like for me, I could do the first two weeks, maybe two and a half. And then I kind of need a few days right, to let my body rejuvenate. And then I think, think I could tackle another week or so of good solid writing to, to end the four week block. Right. Exactly. So so that's where it becomes a little bit more individualized, but mm-hmm. yeah, that that's exactly it. So it's different people need different amounts of load plus recovery, you know, to make the progressions and figuring it out. So our season salvation plan is built 
in that classic three weeks of building, and then that fourth week goes back quite a bit as a recovery week. So you're still riding. There's a couple rest days in there, but you're still riding, but dropping the overall load, the volume, quite a bit. Can I clarify something? Yeah, go ahead. So you're saying that the season salvation plan has the fourth week as a more re- relaxed. Definitely, yeah. But you personally are going to make that fourth week your big mama week. And yes. you're going to do a 1,000 TSS. Right. Because you know you can handle that. Right. And okay. I think most, if not all, of our WeDevo riders are doing okay. the same thing. So be- mainly because it's low-intensity aerobic riding. So okay. I wouldn't necessarily do that if it was like the higher-intensity training. Right, um, right. But because it's a, a build-up, um, and young people in particular can recover very well. So the way I have it is like, it was like Monday through Friday was like tons of riding, and then Saturday, Sunday was, there was definitely a rest day in there, an easy day. Monday into the next week is always an easy day, a rest day. So you get three days to kind of okay. recover right there um, off of that. Um, so that's how just building one's volume. I hope that kind of makes sense. No, it does make okay. sense. I mean, what I'm taking from it is that you build conservatively around that 10% rule. Mm-hmm. Um, we're keeping this low intensity in terms of heart rate and power. And the bottom line is it's very personal to each rider that hopefully over the years you're learning what your body can handle and and how it adapts and you can't be an idiot. Like as much as I will want to ride all four weeks straight through and be cool like you and Soph, like I just will have to take a few days off and then hopefully not miss out on too much of the fun. Right. Yeah. And yeah. That's a good summary of it. So. Yeah. So figure out, you know, what model, how much. So if you're following our plan, for, you know, we've got this four weeks. Figure out if you need a little more recovery within those four weeks, mm-hmm. or if you need less recovery within those four weeks. Figure out what the highest volume week you want to hit is. Mm-hmm. And that can be hours or TSS or both. And then plug that in as that third or fourth week, depending on which progression, you know, weekly model you're following. And then work backwards, kind of reducing about 10% per week. And that'll let you know what that first week of training should be. Okay. Um, so again, I think that this plan as written will work well for probably 80% of the the riders out there. It's the other 20 or so percent maybe that Mm -hmm. either are on a time constricted schedule where they know they just can't get 12 hours of riding in a week. They're going to have to adjust that a little bit. And then there's others that have the extra freedom and ability to ride a lot more so they can bump it up um, in that regard. So, um, and the way you do that, once you've plug in and you can do this again using um training peaks that's how the plan is delivered and in the atp annual training plan you can go in and find these weeks that the plan is on and and enter in there i think you have to have the premium account to do this actually so if you have the premium account you can enter in those weeks the the volume goals and then you can go back into the calendar and it tells you what your volume goal is and you'll see if the first week loaded up and it's 10 and a half hours and 400 TSS as written, and you want to get 600 TSS for your first week, then you need to go in and kind of bump up the ride volume. So you click on the rides, so you can go in and increase the duration um, of those rides, and that will then increase your TSS for those. And, and obviously your hours, your minutes, um, up to what, if you're going by minutes. So... 
Um, then you go through each day and then you can figure out to get the, that number to match what your now your plan is and go through the second week, the third week, the fourth week and build it up that way. So it's a way to you can just sort of self-customize the, the training load. And if that feels too overwhelming for people, they can pay you a few bucks. I think it's $29 to personalize it for them. Exactly. So yeah. for the whole 12-week season salvation plan for 29 bucks, I'll go in, get some information from you. I'll look at what you did if you have data on training peaks and adjust those TSS and time goals specifically for you. Wow, that's a deal. Yeah, and go through and up those um, those ride durations as need or decrease if that's the case. So, okay. Um, so there's tons of flexibility in there. So my goal was to shed light on if you're following this plan, join, joining us for the training where you as the individual can go in and adjust it um, right. yourself. But if you want help, we're here for you to do that. Um, and um, But I know a lot of people out there like to kind of tweak and tinker with their training themselves. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean that's kind of it. In a nutshell, I mean – Weeks one, two, three, and four of this plan, kind of rebuilding our season. So this first month is all simply put, just go out and ride and figure out how much you need to ride based on what we just talked about um, and just go out and ride. And, you know, you don't have to push anything super hard or do any structured intervals. It's more like go enjoy yourself. That's what we're going to do on our cross-country road trip here. Um, you know, but you can easily do that from home. You can do it on Zwift if if you enjoy that you can do, go outside you know whatever you want to do yeah so just get out and get outside get those aerobic base miles in for a few weeks um, that's going to rejuvenate everything and then we'll transition over to more structured training in the weeks five and beyond from there um, good so if you haven't joined our season salvation plan consider it definitely listen to week or uh, episode 36 where we kind of hashed it out, but in a, you know, simply put, I mean, it's a super detailed training program that we'll set you up with on Training Peaks. We'll have a link in the show notes here. Um, the training plan is designed for any and all cyclists. So, really, if you're kind of newer, beginner level rider, or you're more of seasoned, advanced level rider, it's going to work. And also, if you're a mountain biker or a road biker, gravel, um, even cyclocross racers, this is a great prep into cyclocross season. Um, the volume is obviously very adjustable, like we just talked about. And the workouts are all designed around power, heart rate, and or RPE. So it doesn't matter how much equipment you have or what equipment you have. It's it's all very uh, manageable that way. Um, and then our weekly podcast here is going to discuss training insights like this, how to adjust your volume and determine how much volume you're currently capable of. And then hopefully we'll share val- other valuable insights and mm-hmm motivation and tales from the road accountability yeah tales from the road exactly (laughs) Um, and then uh, later on you know we'll talk a lot more about executing the structured workouts and because there's a lot of adjusting like the volume of intensity too later on so we'll talk a lot about that and then also um, like fueling your workouts and recovery so a lot of tips and and things as you go so um, our goal here is to make this kind of like the summer base builder of 2022 sort of thing so um did you did you just say 2022 oh did i yeah <laughs> i'm wishing this year was over already i guess you, you just 2020 jumped, you just jumped in two years oh wow. okay yeah Oof, i'm eager for i feel old now i'm already thinking of 2021 i don't That's know where 2022 so weird is. all right sorry uh, everyone yeah sorry about that um yeah and then we're starting this in like kind of live real time on monday 
So if you want to jump on the plan and join us, that you could start and follow week to week with us. But you don't have to do that. You can join anytime after. And, you know, think about when you, when you want to quote unquote peak and count 12 weeks back mm-hmm. from that. Um, 12 or f- 12 to 15 weeks back. Sure. Um, and that's when you maybe want to start. So if you're not quite ready to start yet, you can start later and then just kind of back listen to the podcast episodes and you'll get all the information. So uh, I'll put a link in the show notes um, with a 50% discount for all our podcast listeners. Um, 48 bucks. I mean, that's four bucks a week. You know, one less latte a week and you can have some really great training on there. And then there's also that $29 volume personalization that you mentioned too. Um, All right. We'll leave it at there. Um, So dig in, join us on the plan, dig in and adjust your volume accordingly. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to shoot me emails. Um, I love it when people try to figure this out on their own and send me questions. I'm happy to answer them and and help you out as best I can over email. Yeah, that's your morning routine. Oh, I love it. Yeah, your coffee or on the couch by the sunny front window. A handful of emails of questions. Questions. Um, It's great. So don't hesitate. Don't feel like you're bugging me. Um, I love helping people. So um, Cody at teamweight.com is my email. Um, and we'll put a link in the show notes. All right. And we'll leave it with our usual send off, which is if you, you know, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and also available on Google Podcasts. And we'd love to get some more ratings um, and reviews on the iTunes, the Apple podcast platform, if possible. We're getting some, but it'd be fun to get more and more. Help us in the search rankings and whatnot. Um, we should have like a contest maybe or something for that. Okay, we'll chat in the we'll car. think about that because we have some cool water bottles now to hand out and mm-hmm. to give away T-shirts. Let's think about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Well, happy writing. I'll talk to you all yeah. soon. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.